Okay, let's launch back into the Gemara. We'll review a couple of lines of what we saw last week, and then we'll move on to the new... Uh, a continuation of the discussion, actually. So on Yudomad Base, page 10b in Bava Metziah, which is where we are, we saw a, another quote that Reish Lokish said in the name of Abba Kain Bardala. So if, to find where we're up to, there's a line that starts with the word Abba, Aleph Base Aleph, which is just about a third of the way down the page. See Abba? So the line above that, Another saying that Reish Lakish, the sage Reish Lakish said in the name of Abba Koen Bardala, the following teaching. A minor girl, a little girl, under the age of Bas Mitzvah, under 12, does not have a courtyard and does not have four cubits for the sake of acquisition, acquiring things. We saw earlier that there was a rabbinical decree that a person's four amas, the, the, the four cubits around you, acquire for you, are considered your space. Uh, and that is an extension of uh, the idea of chatzar, of someone's courtyard, that your courtyard acquires for you, your property, right? Which means, that if a uh, lost article floats into my backyard, it's mine. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, you know, if, if, uh, if the $100 bill falls out of the aeroplane and, and trickles down into my garden, so then it's mine. There's no identifying features. It's, it's ownerless. It fell into my courtyard. You might be visiting at my house. You cannot grab this $100 bill and say, look what I found, it's mine. No, it's not. It fell in my courtyard. It's mine. So too, if, if on the street something fell into my four amas, my four cubits, it's, it's right next to me, so you can't grab it. We said that that doesn't mean in a busy street, it means on a no, side right. street, but generally speaking, where there's room, my four amas is my space, mm-hmm. and, the, and the rabbis enacted that as being acquiring for me. However, says Reish Lakish in the name of Abba Koen Bardalah, this law does not apply to a minor girl. Where would that be relevant? Where if she received okay. Kiddushin, so she was betrothed, a betrothed girl has to, um, if she wants to, to be um, released from that betrothal, needs a get. Or receiving a get, yeah? Or Kiddushin? So, um, yes. So to receive a get, it has to be placed in her hand. If she would be an adult, so then her hand would be good. Also her chatzar, her courtyard, if she owned her property, that would be good. Or if it went into her four amas, it would be good. Yeah. However, a minor, says Reish Lakish, in the name of Abba Karim Bardullah, does not have a chatzar and does not have Arba Amas. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was what Reish Lakish said in the name of Abba Karim Bardullah. However, Rabbi Yochanan, Reish Lakish's brother-in-law, in the name of Rav Yanai, said, She does have a courtyard, and she does have four, four cubits. It does work for a minor. There's a bachleikas here. There's a difference of opinion whether a minor girl has a courtyard to acquire for her and has four amas to acquire for her. Reish Lakish, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, says no. Rabbi Yochanan, in the name of Rabbi Yanai, says yes. She does. 
Can you use the example of the hand? Oh. So the Gemara then asks, but my kamifliga, what's the basis of their disagreement? What makes Reish Lakish say yes? Let's say, say no, she does not, she does not acquire if it falls into her chatzar and into her for Amas. And what makes Rabbi Yechelen say yes, she does acquire? What, what's, the, what's the logic behind their argument? Says the Gemara, Mar Savar Chatzar Mashum Yoda Israboy. Rabbi Yochanan believes that chatzar, the, 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 the fact that your chatzar, your courtyard acquires on your behalf, is because it's really considered an extension of your hand. And so therefore, just like a minor girl has a hand, right, yeah. so too she has a chatzar, she has a courtyard. Which Rashi explains that the, the Torah in describing the get process says, he should put it in her hand. Right? Put the get in her hand. The word hand could denote not just literally a person's hand, but a person's mm -hmm. property. You know, if, uh, what was it, the Harabait um, Biadenu. And in the Six Day War, the, the general going into the city says, the, the Temple Mount is in our hands. What did he mean? That he's holding the Temple Mount? No, the, our hands, meaning, meaning we've got it, it's, it's our property. It's in our hands. So, so Rashi says, when the Torah says you have to give the get into our hand, well, her hand doesn't necessarily mean literally your hand, it means her property. And so the whole concept the, the, the entire concept of your property acquiring for you is not a rabbinical enactment. It's an explanation of what the Torah says. The Torah says that if something goes into your hand, it's yours. But your hand doesn't have to mean your hand. It means your property. So says Rabbi Yochanan, if the whole foundation, if the whole basis of the property, your, your chatzar, your courtyard, being you, you're able to acquire for you, if its basis is because it's your hand, so this little girl, Mina, does she have a hand? Yes. If she has a hand, she has a chatzar, she has a courtyard, the courtyard works. Yeah. That's Rabbi Yochanan's logic. Umar Savar, but Reish Lakish holds chatzar mashum shlichus israboi. That no, a chatzar, a courtyard, is an extension of the concept of shlichus, of agency, of sending a representative to acquire something for you. You can have somebody else be your representative to acquire for you. If you can have somebody else be your representative, why can't you have your chatzar be your representative? It represents you. Now, if the acquirement of a chatzar is, is an extension or another version of a shlichus, of an agent, just like I can send you as my appointee to acquire something for me. So my chatzar, my courtyard could be my appointee. I don't have to, it doesn't have to go into my hand. It can come into, into, into a person that I've appointed or my property, which is my representative. Oh, however, shlichus, the concept of shlichus, of sending an agent, she does not have that ability. A minor does not have the ability to send a shlich, a shliach. And appoint, to, to appoint a, a representative. So, Therefore, she doesn't have the ability to acquire through her chatzar. A, a courtyard is not a shliach. It's not a 
appointee. Correct, because yeah. Shutwish can't have an appointee, so therefore the courtyard doesn't work for her. Okay. Um, what happens if and that's, that's learnt out elsewhere in the Gemara Kedushin. It's, it learns out that the concept of shliach can only be appointed by an adult. A child cannot appoint a shliach. Hmm? What happens if something of yours, you accidentally drop something in my property? Um, it ha- it hasn't, hasn't, I haven't lost ownership of it by dropping it. But it's coming to... It's coming to your property, but I haven't lost ownership. It's still mine. Why is that? Meaning if I pick it up, then number one, it's in my property. And did I, I, but did I lose ownership of it? Right. And, what, and the, what, yeah, this doesn't discuss at what constitutes loss of losing, losing ownership is, is something right. yeah, or something that's fallen out of your pocket and you give up on it. Like right. I've given up on finding it. Right. But I'm sitting here, you know, with my phone yeah, yeah. in your property. That yeah, doesn't make it yours. Right. Even if I walk out, it doesn't make it yours. If I forget it. Got it. But if, if, but, but if a hundred dollars fell on the floor and there's no way of knowing who, who, who's, who then that's different. Okay, so since a katana, a minor, cannot appoint a shliach in Jewish law, she doesn't have the power to do that. So therefore she doesn't have the power to acquire through her chatzer, because a chatzer is a form of shlichus. It's, it's a shliach. According to... According to, 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 to Rish Lakish. Sorry. That's how Rish Lakish understands shlichus. Uh, understands Chatzar. Now the mine is a girl uh, less than 12. But there's also a distinction elsewhere between a girl who's between 12 and developed puberty, right? For, oh, it's, this is just discussing purely yep. less than 12. Yep. yep. Okay, now the Gemara is going to pick on this and say, hang on a minute. What have we just said? We've just said that there's, a di- there's two opinions as to where we get the idea that your chatzar, your courtyard, acquires for you. Rabbi Yochanan is of the opinion that your courtyard is an extension of your hand. Reish Lakish is of the opinion that your courtyard is an extension of the concept of shlichus. So, asks the Gemara, Mi ikamanda amar chatzar mishum shlichus israboy? Is there any possibility to say that chatzar is learnt out from shlichus? Can, can anyone really say that? What, what we just said that, that Rish Lakish says. Can anyone really say that your chatzar is considered like shlichus? Why not? What's wrong with it? Vatanya, does it not say in a b'raisa? Biyodoi. Uh, there's a, a b'raisa that speaks about the verse in the Torah that's, that, that discusses somebody who stole something and it was found in his hand. Biyode, it says it was found in his hand. So the stolen property found in his hand. Ainli elabi yode. From here we know that if it's found in your hand, then you're a thief and you have to pay back, and etc. But, what if it was found, not in his hand, but on his roof, in his courtyard, or in his, in, on his balcony? How do we know that there too, we say, we've just caught a thief, and he has to pay back double? Talmud the, 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 the verse says, if it should be found in a double way. There's a, there's a Hebrew idiom, 
where a, a, a verb is doubled up. Himatse simatse. That happens quite often, but whenever that happens, it's to tell you something extra. If it should be found in his hand, but the word found is doubled up to tell you not just literally his hand, himatse matse mikol makam. Wherever you find it in his property, whether it's in his hand, on his roof, he's a thief. How do we know that? That's, um, that's, what's, that's a limud. It's what's called a, 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 a way that the, a, a, the oral Torah extrapolates mm-hmm. from the written Torah. An extra... Oh, I'm saying, but isn't there a possibility it could be dumped in his... You know, doesn't guarantee that the person actually stole it. Or this we, way saying it, it does. Same if, same if it's in his hand. Correct. But we say, if we find stolen property in someone's hand, the assumption is they stole it until proven otherwise. Wow. So, but what do we see from that, Brysa? That, um, that not only if stolen property is found in somebody's hand, even if it's found in his property, which Rashi says what that means is, that he never, he never picked up this thing. It was, uh, let's say, it's a stolen cow that walked into his garden. He had his gate open. A cow walked into his garden and he closed the gate. That's also stealing. Yeah. That's a form of stealing. Even though he, he did not touch it. Away, yeah. he didn't, he didn't, all he did was close the gate. That's, you can steal with your hand, you can steal with your chatzar. His courtyard just, just he used his courtyard to steal it. From that, that's, what, that's what we learned from this Bryce. Now, here's the ingenious question that the Gemara comes up with based on this Bryce. If Rabbi Yochanan's assumption is true, that the whole reason why your Chatzar can acquire for you is because it's like your Shliach, in Cain, if that's the case, then we just stated a case where you can create a shliach to do a sin, and you're still guilty. Because you stole with your chatzar, you didn't touch it, your chatzar took the cow, mm-hmm. and yet who's guilty? Not the chatzar, but you. Your, the shliach is guilty, not the one, the, the, sorry, the one who sent the shliach is guilty, not the shliach. But but we have a rule, ein shliach that there is no such thing as a shliach to do a sin. Okay, let's 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 see the structure of this argument. It's quite it's quite quite ingenious. We'll start we'll start we'll do it backwards from bottom up. There's a, a rule that says ein shliach which means that if I say to you, um, "There's a car across the road," a car and the and the and the and the, and the, uh, the keys are left in the car. So. You know, how about, how, about, how about you go and take it? So you go and take it, and you get caught. And you say, well, I, uh, it wasn't my idea, it was his idea. Bad luck. Even though I told you to do it. Maybe you're doing it for me. Right. But, there's no such thing as a shliach to do a sin. Shliach meaning the person who did it, or the person the, who sent? The, the, the shliach is the person who, who did it. Yeah. You're not a shliach to do a sin. You did the sin. You're not my shliach. You can't do a sin for somebody else. Okay. A hitman is another example. Mm-hmm. That if, if person A sends person B to kill person C, person B is the murderer. Very different to the civil 
right? Correct. So you both would be able Correct. To okay. Now, of course, person A is guilty as an accessory, as a, you know, has done wrong, but the act, you, a human being cannot say, well, uh, you know, he told me to do it. So, the, the principle is, there's no shliach for dvaravera. There's no representative for, for, for a sin. It's the person that sent him. It's, no. No, it's the person who committed The person the who did it, did it. Okay. The shliach the is not a shliach, basically. Event, if it's a positive, then yes. That, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. For mitzvahs, you can, you, yeah. can, you can have a shliach. To do a sin, you cannot. So... If that's the law, which means the person who did it is guilty, not the person who sent. So if a chatzar is considered a shliach, when I closed my gate on a cow of somebody else, I didn't steal, the, the courtyard stole. And I'm not guilty, the courtyard is. And yet... The Braisa says, Yadoi means not just his hand, but even Chatzar, even if his Chatzar takes something, he's guilty of, of, of thievery. But maybe that's only when it's negative, it's positive. It's distinguishing two things. Because obviously you can't hold the, the field or the courtyard liable, so it falls back on the... But, but well, that, that we, we've, first we've got to sort out, Ein Shlich Ravera. There's no such thing as a Shlich to, to a sin, mm-hmm. meaning the Shlich is guilty, he's not a Shlich, he's, he's acting on his own. Yeah. So how do we reconcile that rule with this statement that the chatzar is not guilty, the person's guilty? There is a shliach for dvaravera here. If chatzar is a shliach, well, how can you hold chatzar liable? Oh, so well, so then nobody's should be. So we're implying that the chatzar somehow is liable, whatever that means. Well, we're, sa- well, we're saying that the that the the. The sender of the shliach. If a chatzar is my shliach, yeah. if, that's, if that's the basis of the rule, if, if that's, that's the basis of the law, so then you have to apply the rules of shliach to the chatzar. Mm-hmm. And that would be that a chatzar can't be guilty of a sin. Is, is, sorry, that a shliach, one who sends a shliach is not, is, is not guilty of a sin. The shliach is guilty. Mm-hmm. If the chatzar is a shliach, the chatzar is guilty. Yeah. Whatever that means, yeah. but, but the, the owner of the chatzar says, it's not me. Yeah, okay. But, okay. So, we, we have to say, there's, there's, there is obviously a difference, which the Gemara is going to present. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, When do we say the rule that there's no shliach to a sin? Meaning, the shliach is guilty, he's not a shliach, he's not a representative, his action, his response. But when do we say that for? Only when the shliach themselves are a barchiyuva, they have obligations. They would, be, they, they would be guilty of what they're doing. We can hold them accountable, we can hold them guilty. But a courtyard, the lav barchiyuvahu, has no obligations, has no responsibilities. So it is a shliach. The chotzer is a shliach, but who's guilty? The one who sent him. The one who because we can't hold them accountable. Right. So in a case where the shliach cannot be held accountable, we do hold the shaleach, the one who sent him, accountable. When person A sends person B to murder person C, so person B is a responsible human being, but 
when person A shuts his chatzar to steal person C's cow, the chatzar cannot be held accountable. A chatzar is not a bar chiyuva, doesn't have responsibilities, doesn't have, have a, a moral uh, guilt. Okay. So in the case of a minor, it's the same situation, isn't it? Similar. So they have property. Uh, is her shliach, but she can't make a shliach. Correct. So Rabbi Yochan says, so, so it doesn't work. It doesn't work, yeah. It kind of uh, um, Rish Lakish, says, it doesn't work. Yeah. So the, the agent uh, can only be liable if there a thing that could become liable. Yes. The shleach, the one who sent him. Correct. We like here. We. It wasn't like the, the, the assumption was that if if there's the the owner of the chutzer, who is a responsible human being, there's the chutzer, which is an inanimate object. But if the chutzer is the shliach, which is which is the you know the one who stole. Who received the stolen goods, so then the shaleach is not guilty because he didn't do it. The chutzer did, and the chutzer. Okay, obviously the chutzer is also not guilty, so we should have no guilt there. Like was, that was the assumption. So he said, no, 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 no. In this case, we say no. The one who owns the chutzer is responsible because the chutzer is not a responsible being. There's no responsibility. There's no. There's no iser. There's no prohibition of stealing that falls on a chutzer. A courtyard doesn't have so moral responsibilities. Also, be for children, right? The people who, not people, but objects and other, obviously, objects you can't hold liable. But in terms of um, people, that would be a child, right? Because the child can't be, I mean, child of underage, you cannot be, can't, right? Yeah, can't be a shliach. Intellectually disabled, right? So you Correct. Hold your right. Correct. Correct. So. Hang on a minute. So now the Gemara says, okay, now you've given me a new principle. We had rule number one was, which means you cannot set up an agent to do a sin. The person who does it is guilty, not the person who sends. That was the rule. However, now you've given me a caveat on that rule. You've qualified that rule and said, but when does that apply? Only when the shaliach is a bar was themselves obligated, responsible, if they would be responsible for that action, so then they're responsible. But if they're not, because they're a chatzar, they're, they're, they're a courtyard, they don't have that chiyuv to not steal, so then the obligation falls back on the one who sent him. Really, says the Gemara? Is that true? Elamiato, if that's the case, if somebody says to a woman or a slave, Tsu ganvuli, go out and steal for me. Delav b'nei chiyuvaninhu, they are not obligated to pay back a stolen article. So would the one who sent them be guilty? What's the Gemara saying? An interesting, an interesting law. Someone who steals is obligated to pay back double. Right? There's a Mishnah in Bava Kama that says that um, if 
If you get stolen from by a woman or a slave, you're in trouble because they cannot pay you back. A woman here is referring to a woman who does not have her own property, as was very common in those days where a married woman, she would go straight from her father's house to her husband's house and she would not have her own money. She wouldn't have a cash, her cash, she'd be looked after by her father, then by her husband. So to a slave, a slave, everything that a slave owns, the, the master owns. So if a slave or a woman steals from you, they don't pay you back. They're not a bar chiyuva. They don't have the obligation of paying you back. So, you would think it would be on their own if own. a man sends a woman or a slave to steal, to steal who's obligated? The sender, you would think. They know that Barachiyuva, we said it falls back on the Mashalev, right? Right, so we said if, if you're not a Barachiyuva, if you don't have the obligation, so the obligation falls back on the one who sent. So would we say that a man who sent a woman or a slave to steal, that man is obligated to pay back as opposed to the woman or the, or the slave? Because they're not a Barachiyuva, they're not obligated to pay back double, they, they don't have cash. So, the Gemara says, mm, good try, but not quite. Amras Ishavavit. You said a woman and a slave. They absolutely are obligated. It's not that they're not obligated to pay back, they are obligated. In their current state, they don't have the means to pay back, but that doesn't mean they're not obligated to pay back. Ditnan, as it indeed says in the Mishnah, in the Bavakama, Nisgarsha Isha Nishtachra Eved Chayavim If the woman gets divorced, or if the slave gets freed, they have to pay their debt now. That makes sense, because their status In other words, yes, so, if a slave, a slave let's, let's talk about a slave. If a slave incurs a debt, that they, they owe it. They just can't pay back. So if they do damage or if they, if they steal, yeah. they owe. Just they can't pay back because they don't have money. But the debt is still there. The chiyuv, the obligation is absolutely there. They just don't currently have the means to pay if they get freed. Immediately, the, the, the obligation falls. They got they got to pay. But then they're not a slave. Correct. Yeah. Same with a woman. That as long as she's married. So then, everything's in his name. So she has no means to pay. But if she gets divorced, the obligation starts straight away. She's got to pay all of her debts. If she stole something five years ago. So therefore, that example is not true. If a man sends a woman or a slave to steal, the woman or the, or the slave, they're obligated. Not he. Because the same rule applies. You can't be a representative to, to, to do a sin. The person who does the sin is guilty. Does that mean we hold people, coming back to being a child, to them growing up and paying? Because at the time, the one... No, the, the child 
at the time, they, they're not a bar chiyuva at all. They, they're, not, they're not responsible for their action. The woman and the slave are responsible for their actions. They're just not. They just don't have a means to pay. So, so yeah, that would be different. Good question. So it doesn't fall back to the owner, just the person's lost out. And they just have to wait until... They have to wait it out. And they may never... Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it says pigios and rather. What the Mishnah says, it's bad to bump into them. A woman or a slave, it's bad to bump into them, meaning to have an altercation, because if you hurt them or you steal from them, you have to pay. But if they hurt you or they steal from you, they don't until their circumstances change. Okay. So So that's so that's one answer. One answer to this whole discussion is the chatzar is not a barchiyuva, doesn't have obligations, doesn't, doesn't have to pay damages. So therefore, if you use your chatzar to steal, the chatzar is not obligated, you are. However, if, if you use a slave or a woman to steal, they are a barchiyuva, they do have obligations, even if they can't currently pay, mm-hmm. but they still have the debt, they still have the obligation. So therefore, that would be different. Rav Sama Amar. Rav Sama says differently. If, if you want to see where we are, um, the line starts with the word Ha'evet. And there's a little circle there. Which, that, yeah. Rav Sama Amar. Now I'll give you a different answer, says Rav Sama. Why is a Chatzar not considered a Shliach Lidvaravera? If we're learning that a Chatzar comes from, from shlichus, from being a shliach, from a representative. So then why don't we say, and therefore if my chatzar stole for me, I'm not guilty, the chatzar is. Why, why don't we say that? Hey, when do we say that rule that there's no shliach for a sin? In a case where the shliach could either do it or not do it. They have free choice to do it or not do it. Aval chatzar. But a courtyard, that has no choice in the matter that you shut the cow in the courtyard. The courtyard has no say in it. In that, in that case, the one who sent it is guilty. One who, who did it, one who owns the courtyard, who, who made it into a shliach. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, so what's the difference? Bar or or free choice? Bar means that you're obligated in this. You, you, if you would have to pay, if you, if you would be obligated, so then you can't be a shliach. You're obligated to pay. But if you're not obligated, so then, you're not, you're not, you're, you're, then you are indeed a shliach, and it goes to the shaleach, the one who sent you. That's the first way. The second way is that if, not whether you're obligated or not, do you have a choice or not? Do you have an option? Which the Eved and the, and the Isha, the woman and the slave, they have free choice. So when you tell the slave, go and steal, they can say, no, I don't steal. They had a choice. Whereas the Chatzar, when you open the gate to let somebody else's cow in and close the gate, the Chatzar had no say in the matter. 
So it's not whether they're obligated or not obligated, it's, it's whether they, they have free choice or not. It's not something that does not have free choice, a being, an entity that does not have free choice, does not become guilty for their action, and therefore the one who made them do it is guilty. So the Gemara asked, okay, what indeed is the difference between those two? My benayu, this, this is a classic Gemara question. My benayu means, what's the difference? You've given me now two different explanations, Ravina and Rav Sama. Ravina said, when do we say, that you cannot make an agent to do a sin? When do we say that? When the agent is a bar chiyuva, has liability, has obligation as responsibility for what they're doing. But if the, if, if the shliach would not be responsible, would not have an obligation, would not have to pay, so then it goes to the Meshalaich, the one who sent him. That was Ravina. Rav Sama said, a different, different logic. When do we say, when the shliach has free choice, has an option? So you had an option. Don't, don't blame the one who sent you. You had, had a choice, and you acted on your choice, so you're guilty. But if the shliach has no choice, like a chatzer, so then the one who sent, the one who did it, the one who owns, uh, owns it, that's, that's who's guilty. What's the difference between those two? My benayu. Not just what's the semantic difference between the two ways of saying it. What's the practical difference? In other words, what the Gemara always wants when it says my benayu is, what's the halachic difference? If we say the difference is bar chiyuva, or we say that it's free choice, where will be a case where one of them will disagree with the other one? What's, where, will they, where will they actually disagree? So my benayu, ika benayu, what's the difference is this. Koyen, de'omaladi stroll. If a koyen said to an Israelite, say v'kadishli isha grusha, go and betroth for me this divorced woman. A koyen is forbidden to marry a divorcee. You can betroth or marry through a shliach. You can ask somebody, can you go and do it for me? Here's the, here's the ring, you go and do it for me. A coin says to Yisrael, go and marry this divorcee for me. Give her kiddushin for me. The coin wants to marry the divorcee. He gives a Yisrael the, the ring to go and do it. So what, what's the story there? I mean, is it, is it valid in the first place? Even if he does it, it's not a... I guess he can... Let's say someone came to you who's a Cohen, right? And you decided to marry Cohen to a divorcee. Or a woman who's not permitted to him. And you, and you do it. Because, let's say, you lack the knowledge, not you, but, right? Would this marriage be recognised mm. in the first place? They're married. And it's, and it's an issue, yes. That, that that's the prohibition. Child. The prohibition yeah. is the prohibition is some marriages are not even valid in the first place. But this is one yeah. of them because they they yeah. child a son. Yeah, right. Here, a koyan who marries the the isser, the prohibition is a koyan cannot marry a divorcee, which he just did. Now, now he has to, he has to, he has a mitzvah to divorce her. But this time he didn't do it directly. He did it through a yisrael. Our question is so who performed those, the prohibition? If you use those laws, number one is the shliach. Does the shliach have a choice? The answer is yes. Yeah. Okay. And is he a bar chiyuva? Is he bar chiyuva? No. So he, he's he's not exempt. 
Seemingly is he allowed to marry a divorcee? He himself, he himself is. Israeli is. He is. Yeah. So him doing it, he's not a bar no. There's no obligation there. No. There's, no, there's no prohibition. There's no, nothing wrong for him to marry a divorcee. Doesn't he take on the status of the sender? He's not marrying. He's not well, that's the question. Him. The question is, we've got an act here of Kiddushin. Yeah. The act of Kiddushin is prohibited. It's prohibited for a Koyan to be Makadish, to betroth a divorcee. That's what's forbidden. But we have an interesting case here. The Koyan didn't actually do the act. Mm. A Yisrael did the act. Yeah. So our question is, did the Yisrael become a Shliach of the Koyan? And therefore, the prohibition has happened, and the, and the Koyan is guilty. Or do we say, It's cleaning a sin. So, if, I, if, if, if Koyan tells Yisrael, go and do this sin of marrying a Koyan to, to a, a, a Grusha, a divorced woman, so do we say, you can't do a sin for me? So angel of So then, what would we say? Who's guilty? Well, the Israel's allowed to marry her. He's allowed to. He's, he's allowed to be married to her. And so, if he's if he's not a shliach, then we'd have to say there's no kedushin. No? We'd have to say nobody's married because angel You can't make a shliach for a sin. So it depends. Do is is bar the the, the, the determining factor? Or is, or is free choice the turning factor? If it's free choice, he has free choice. So then, does it work or not? Then it doesn't. It falls back on the Cohen. No, if he has free choice, so then angel of the Falls on him. Falls on the, the, the Israelite. The sin falls on the Israelite. Right, yeah. So who's married? The Koyan. And who and who, who, who sinned? Who gets then? Does the Israelite have to get divorced? The Israelite's not married. Okay. It's hard to understand because it wouldn't be a sin for the, for the Israel. Correct. That's, that's, that's the point here. So have a look at Rashi. The Kaddishli Ishagrusha pretty much across from where we are, in the left side of the page. There's, it's the second last Rashi on the page. Isha Grusha, the Kaddishli Isha Grusha. You see the, the bold beginning of, yeah. the, of the Rashi? Oh, yeah. The Kaddishli Isha Grusha. So a Koyan said to Yisrael, go in and betroth for me a divorced woman. From the moment of Kiddushin, the prohibition of do not take a divorced woman applies. Meaning, it's not from when they move in together. It's as soon as the money or the ring has been given to the woman and she's accepted it. It's a coin just married a Grusha. That's the prohibition. That's the moment of prohibition. So the question is, um, do we say shliach ledvar avera? 
or Einschlich Dvarabera in such a case. Is he a Bar Chiyuva? No. Does he have free choice? Yes. So according to Ravina, who says that Bar Chiyuva is the determining factor, it's not applicable. so we'd say the law of Einschlich Dvarabera does not apply. Mm-hmm. So there is a Shliach for Dvarabera in this case. Is that right? No. Uh, but he's, he's liable. No, we say, we, no, we say that if he's, he's, if he's liable, yes. then Einschlich then Dvarvera. Correct, but he's not liable in this. If he's not liable, so then the Koyan is liable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. Okay. Why wouldn't he be liable? So the, so the, so the Koyan who sent the stroll to Makadish the woman, he can't say, I wasn't even there when it happened. No, you sent somebody who's not a Bar Chiyuvah. They're, they're not liable. So therefore, the obligation goes to you. That's like your chatzar that you closed on, on a cow. You can't say the chatzar is guilty because the chatzar is not a Bar Chiyuvah. You're guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like a simple comparison would be if a Kohen sent another Kohen on his behalf. That's a bar Although Tos was asked that, we'll have a look in a second if, if we have a chance. So, so one second. If he is not a bar he's like a chatzar, he's like a, a courtyard, yeah. that we don't say the courtyard's guilty, we say the owner is guilty, okay. the koyan's guilty. Okay. That's straightforward. That's, that's, that's what Ravina would say. That's Ravina. But what would Rav Sama say? Rav Sama says, Einschlich Dvaravera. We only say that when the Shliach has free choice. Didn't have to do it. But if the, if the Shliach is a, is a courtyard that has no free choice, so then we make the, the owner guilty. But what about this case? Free he does have free choice. So in this case, who performed the Isser? of marrying a Kayan to a Grusha. The Israelite. The Israelite did it. The Kayan says, why did you listen to me? You should have listened to Hashem, who says you're not allowed to do such a thing. Mm-hmm. So then, here we say the Israel is liable, but it's, not a, but, it, but it's not a prohibition for him. Or is that not relevant? That's not relevant, because what's he's relevant... Because he's doing it on behalf of... Okay, yeah. so in that case, he... So, in other words, we have, to, we have to say here, a very interesting thing comes out of this. When we say, Ein shliach there's no shliach to do a sin. What it means is the sin part cannot be done by proxy. The sin part of things, the person who does the sin is guilty. But the act may, may, may be done by proxy. The kiddushin the marriage, the Kayan sent the Israel to, 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 to be Makadish, the Grusha, mm-hmm. the divorced woman. That works. The Kayan is married to the, to the divorced woman. But who, who's guilty of it? Well, he has free choice. So if, according to that, the person who has free choice, he's guilty of the sin. And the act stands. Yeah. 
So, well, because the sitten, we say, we say that, that you can't make a proxy to do a sin. The sin's your problem. But, meaning the sin is the problem of the one who did it. Right. What does Ainshli Tavarev mean? It means that I can't say somebody, somebody told me to do it. Yeah. I did it, so, yeah. so I'm guilty. But in this case, what did I, what did I do? I'm a Yisrael and I was a Bekadish, a, a divorced woman on behalf of a Koyan. So the guilt of the act is mine, but the act is his. The Koyan is married, not me. Right. Interesting. Yeah. Because if the act was his, it really wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be a problem, but he wasn't doing that. He wasn't marrying her. He was doing it on, on the Koyan's behalf. So the, the act of marriage, the Koyan successfully made a shliach to marry a divorcee. Right, right. But the sin of that act, the Koyan did not make a shliach because he's, a free, he's got free choice. I, I believe that's what, that's what we have to say in this case. Wow. But, but the, the, where, where the um, guilt lies just depends on if you say it's Baruch or free will. Right? Correct. So if you say Baruch so in this case, the Yisrael says, I, I have no issue, I have no obligation to not marry a divorcee. So therefore, who's guilty? The Koyan. That's if, it's a, if the Baruch is the, is the determining factor. Because when do we say that, that, that you're not a Shliach? When, why is a Chatzar not guilty? Why is the person who owns the chatzah guilty? Because the chatzah has no obligation to pay debts to, to you know. Yeah, it's not a so to here, the Yisrael has no obligation to not marry a, a, a divorcee. So therefore, the Koyan is guilty. But if you say that free choice is the determining factor, well, the Yisrael has free choice. Yeah. He didn't have to do this. He should have said, hang on a minute, a Koyan's not allowed to marry a divorced woman. I'm not doing this. But he did it. So therefore, he's guilty. But who's married? The Koyan. I get that, but I mean, isn't there a contradiction because the Shliach and Mishalayach are really one, always, aren't they? You are. So even though you may not have that obligation and responsibility, why is it even distinguishing between who has responsibility? Because that, that's the whole point. Ein Shliach There's no Shliachas there. That's not a Shliach. That's the point. Right. That, that to make a Shliach, yeah. there's certain rules about making a Shliach. Yeah. Not everything that I tell you to do makes you a Shliach. Right. So you can, you can, so, you, so, era, it so yeah, yeah. yeah. Per, so person A tells person B, go and murder somebody. Person B can't say, I didn't do it. He did it because I was his shliach. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why does it even qualify whether he's free choice or not? Why does it qualify whether he would be liable by himself? Because it not work at all. Like it's not to do an act, to do a sin, you're not a shliach. Full stop. Correct. To do a sin, you're not a shliach. Yeah. yeah. But here, but here, we, we, with, with the Koyan sending the Yisrael, I believe, I, ha, I haven't he's seen this. A sin, right? So he's, he's not even a shliach. Full stop. He's not committing a sin in and of himself because he's actually committed to do that thing. But for doing, a Koyan, it is a sin. So he's he's doing if, a if, sin by virtue of being a shliach. But, but, but then he becomes a Koyan. If a Koyan sends you, you're you're kind of taking on that role of a Kohen, and therefore, 
you're committing an error an error and so you're saying he is a barki yoga but it's correct. right yeah um of what he 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 basically takes from the role of a con right so to become a schlier, Well, that's the question. That, the, yeah, the, the question is this. The, the question is, at, at what point does this person become a shliach? How do you become a shliach? So if I appoint you to do a mitzvah for me, that's fine. you're my shliach, yeah. and you act in my stead. Mm -hmm. yep. If I appoint you to do a sin for me, you never became my shliach. Correct. Your action is your action. Now here, the, the, your action, you would not be guilty Correct. if you did it, because you're a Yisrael and the, and, and, and the one who sent you is a Kohen. So a Yisrael can marry a divorcee. Sure. But he doesn't want to. He, you're, you're appointing him to do your sin, therefore he's not a shliach. So if he's not a shliach, who did the sin? Yeah. What's the sin? Well, for him there isn't, but for you there is. Ah, so the yeah. sin is marrying a coin to a divorcee? Yes. Wow, that's, that's clever. Another example, let's have a look at another example. Inami, we're on the fifth last narrow line before the lines get wide, the fifth last one in the middle, Inami, after the word Garusha. Inami, alternatively, here's another difference between Ravina, who says the determining factor is Bar Chiyuva, that the Shliach is, is, has their own obligation in this case, or Rav Sama, who says that the determining factor is if the Shliach has free choice or not. Another difference is this. Ish de Amr la Isha, if a man said to a woman, Akvili katan. Please cut off the payas of this child, this boy. Okay. Which word is Akvil Akvil is 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 uh, hekef, like to to round off, round off the payas of this of this child. So there's a prohibition in the Torah to round off the payas of the head. Corners of the corners of the head. You have to grow the corners. To, if you chop off the payas, that's a Torah prohibition. Who has that prohibition? Only men. Only men are not allowed to. A woman can shave off their mean, payas. You mean men, not just adult men. Sorry. The, the, the sex, the male, not not adults. That's not. You mean adults? Uh, one second. So the prohibition is for any man to cut off any male's payas, adult or child. Adult or child. Yeah, that makes sense. For, for a man to do it. Yes. yes. The child's payas should not be cut? Um, uh, an adult can't cut the child's payas. Okay, so I have a prohibition to cut off my own payas, I cut, or to cut off any man's payas, or even a child's payas. 
A child doesn't have any obligations yet, till, till bar and bas mitzvah, but bar mitzvah in this case. But an adult cannot cut the pace of a child. However, the prohibition is on a man. A woman cannot cut payas of somebody else, but she, but her own payas, she can. Okay. Right? A man can't cut off his own payas or anyone else's. A woman can't cut off somebody else's, but she can cut her own. Yeah, okay. So, if a man says to a woman to cut off a child's payas, Is the woman a bar chiyuva? She can't cut on behalf of someone else or herself. So, uh, isn't it all, almost identical to the previous case? I mean, because yeah, the, the previous case, the Israel could do it by himself. And here she can do it in and of herself. You can't do it on yourself. So listen, so listen to this, Rashi. Let's go into Rashi. Where we left off, Rashi, there were two dots. You see, you see up, there's a little Aleph, Lamed actually it is. And so in the, in, in, there's only, it's not bold, the beginning of this Rashi. There's, there's the, the second last bold Rashi mm -hmm. on the second line there. Isha. Isha eno bazharis lo sakifu. A woman is not included in the prohibition of not cutting payas. Because she also is not in the prohibition of cutting beard, and a beard and payas are connected. A woman doesn't have a beard, so therefore she is allowed to cut her beard, if she, if she had one in theory, she's allowed to cut her payas. However, somebody who cuts the payas of a child is obligated, Shamakif Bazhara Kenikov, because cutting the payas of somebody else is prohibited just like having your payas cut is prohibited. Because when the Torah says do not round the payas of the head, the Talmud says that includes the one cutting and the one being cut, the mashma as it's implied. The cotton did not cut mushroom the stomach got a loy shavik la kufib nafshe. Now, because in, in, in the Gemara here it says if a man tells a woman to cut the pace of a child, because a child will let himself get a haircut, an adult wouldn't passively let themselves just get, get their, their payers cut off because they're responsible as well. So, so the woman, because she's not in the prohibition of rounding the corners of the head. She doesn't have that prohibition because she, she's allowed to do that. So she's, she's not a bar in the case of payas. So if a man tells, tells a woman to cut the payas of a child, who has done the prohibition? Well, my logic would say she's not a bar in that prohibition, so it's falling back to the sender. Correct. If you go like Ravina. Correct. And if you go like Rav Sama, who says that the, that the question is free choice. She has free choice. So it's on her. So you can't cut a child's payas. 
even though you don't have that prohibition yourself of cutting payas. That's only for herself. She does have a prohibition to cut others. Mm. So why does it matter whether her man tells her or not? So it seems that, no, she doesn't, she's not in that prohibition. Not that she, she's not allowed to do it, but, she's, but she doesn't have the prohibition of cutting payas. It doesn't apply to a woman. It would be um, it would be a, an issue of a stumbling block before the blind if she would cut somebody else's payas, but she doesn't have the prohibition herself. She's causing somebody else to sin. This is an interesting one because um, let's say somebody cuts off someone's payas when they were asleep, in their sleep. So, who did the prohibition there? Clearly, the one who did the cutting, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody walks into a hairdresser and says, can you please cut off my payas? Or even just sits there and you know, moves his head to participate in the cutting off of payas, so then you can't say, well, I just said, I didn't do anything. No, you, you participated in the act. So not only the cutter, but the cuttee is also guilty. But here it's a child. So the child, the child is not obligated at all. They're only a child, they're not responsible. They, they just went along with what was going on. So the child's not responsible. The, the man who is responsible, he is forbidden to cut payas, but he didn't do any cutting. The woman who she's not in this whole prohibition of cutting payas in the first place, she did the cutting. So, who's guilty? Well, if you go by Bar Chiyuvah, she's not a Bar Chiyuvah. So therefore the man's guilty. But if you go by free choice, she's got free choice. So therefore she's guilty of the act. The man can say, well, you would listen to me, why'd you listen to me? Um, let's do a little toast for says is our tradition. Um, let's do, there's a little interesting toast. It's Isha, the one that starts with the word Isha in the middle of the page. Isha ve'evad b'nei Um The Gemara said that an, a woman and a slave are b'nei Remember we, we suggested that if a man says to a woman or a slave, go steal for me, well, they're not B'nei Chiyuva because they can't pay back. Mm -hmm. So would we say that the, that the man's guilty there? So we answered, no, 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 no. A woman and a, and a slave are B'nei Chiyuva. They do have an obligation. They just can't pay now. They'll pay later. Says Toysvus. V'im Toymer Vatanan. What about what it says in the Mishnah in Akonis in Bava Kama? Hashelech es ha if somebody sends a fire in the hand of a deaf mute or an insane person or a child, 
A deaf mute meaning somebody who has no means of communication, and so therefore they're not really aware of what's going on. Uh, insane person, talking about to the, to the extent where they have no self-control, or a child who's not yet responsible. So, I've got a fire. I give it to a completely out of control, ir irresponsible person, and they walk around and burn down the whole village. It's going to hold them liable. So, what does the Mishnah say about that? Potter, he's exempt. He's exempt. Vamai, why? They certainly don't have an obligation. Like those three categories of people, they're not obligated for damages they cause because they have no self-control. So surely he's guilty. They're, they're not in the category of being a shliach in the first place. They can't be a representative. They can't take on your, 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 they can't be your representative. Because they're committing a sin. And not not just that. They're, they're, not, they're not in a state that they can't possibly be a shli for anything. Mm -hmm. Not for a mitzvah either. Yeah. If, you, if he would give them a ring to, to be Makadosh a woman, they can't do that either. They can't do an informed consent. Basically. Right. Yeah. So, obviously, we're not saying that the guy's done a wonderful thing. He's, yeah. he's, he's morally culpable for what he's done. But we can't say this is your shliach. They're not, they're not, they're not his representative. So he's held liable. He's not. Because there's no. He's not held liable because there's, there's, no, there's, there's no, no, yeah. no relationship. Wow. It's like a fire spreading, and you know, randomly. Like it's not. It's. But could you say in that case that person's not a bal kiyuv, or has free will? They they neither. Yeah, yes, but they're also not able to be a shliach. They're not able to be a shliach. There's, a, there's another the element there. Would certainly fall back to the then, we, then we'd say, you, you've made a shliach out of someone who's not a bar or, you know, mm -hmm. like a chatzar. They, they can't be a shliach. There's a problem of shlichus there. But the implied question there is, why, why do we not hold the sender liable in this case? Is that that's the question Postos is coming to answer? Why do, yeah, why don't you hold him, because he's not a Baruch Yuvah, the Cheroshot the Vakotan is not a Baruch Yuvah. So if they're not a Baruch Yuvah, it should fall back on the, on the one who sent. Correct, but you could say it's also not a, doesn't also have proper free will. Correct. So it should also fall back to the sender. Yes. Yeah, we're saying it's not falling back to the same. Because they, because they can't be a shliach. For a different reason. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's a totally different reason they can't be a shliach. Okay, let's stop there.